you're kind of like that person that goes on no. American Idol and they go on the sing and they're horrible because their family and friends all their life has lied to them said you're an amazing singer and they go on and go like listen to me and like, like this and you're like no my gosh you're horrible no one told you well this is probably what a lot of you run your business no one's telling you that you're average or maybe below average because everyone likes you they want to be your friend they don't want to discourage you so it takes a little bit of self-realization to really be honest with yourself and say wow i guess i am just doing what everyone else does and that that's when you can begin to do something different. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. Well, when you first said it, I was going to hang up. <laughs> that, and... no, it's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for like McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, Andre, show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I, I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today, we are going to be replaying a podcast that we were recently on. We were on the Beauty Behind the Brand podcast with Nicole Mannion. She is the host, and she brought us on, and it was exciting to sit down and really talk a little bit about our backstory, about why we got into content creation, what was our thinking behind it, really how Gary Vee had influence over us. We talked also about attracting high-end clients and how Tussie's done it. We're going to talk about what can set you apart and how important that is. And then we also talk about, yeah, keeping good records, because you know what? You should. If you don't keep good records and a lawsuit happens, you can get yourself in the world of hurt, as we learned the hard way. So we talked about that. By the way, Nicole also has a brand called Muskoka Beauty Inc. It's a Canadian lash brand. So if you're interested, you can get the show notes. You can link on that, especially if you're in Canada. Go check them out and buy some of the products. See what, if you like it or not. We love Nicole. She really was generous to us to bring us on. She's a sponsor at LashCon, and we were just so grateful to be on her podcast. So anyway, hopefully you'll, after this is done, aside from going to her webpage and maybe trying out her product go follow her podcast and check her out too she puts out a podcast every week or so i think and she's really doing good work up there and we want to support our fellow podcasters so please go follow her too all right before we get into the actual podcast let's do some announcements All right, we have, what do we have going on? Well, first and foremost, we have our party this weekend in Vegas. If you're listening on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday morning, we're going to be at the Sahara Hotel at 8 p.m. on June 26th with all our friends and all our last buddies who are going to the IBS show in Las Vegas. So if you are coming to that show, you need to come and hang out with us. Like, this is the go-to party for all last professionals. So buy your tickets, links in the show notes, or go to our Instagram and you go there and buy your ticket and see us there on Sunday night, the 26th. If you buy it after this, we'll see you next year <laughs> when we come back in 2024. LashCon tickets are on sale. As you know, we have a four-month payment plan. $797 is the price. VIPs are sold out, but there's plenty of things still to go and see. I promise you, the standard ticket 
is like 99% of what the VIP is, right? You just get, you don't get a t-shirt, you don't, your swag bag's not as big, it's gonna be a little smaller swag bag, but you still get all the classes, you get the trade shows, you get the parties, you get all the networking and the connections and all that fun stuff and the inspiration and so forth. So don't be discouraged, like, oh, I really want the VIP. Don't worry, I promise you, you won't miss it. And yes, the VIP's better, otherwise we wouldn't offer it, but as far as value and what you get for 700, basically 800 bucks, cheaper than most last trainings, you're gonna get basically four nights of parties, three days of a trade show, two days of classes, and one event that you don't wanna miss. So go to the show notes and buy today. We also have add-ons for Saturday morning if you wanna get some extra learning about lashes and stuff like that. You can pay for that, only $150, six different classes, plus we have a salon owner breakfast, and we have a party-only ticket. So if you have a loved one who wants to come with you but doesn't wanna do classes and all that crap and not pay for that but still wants to hang out with you in the evenings, we have a party-only ticket for only $99. They get all four nights of access to the party. So super cool opportunity there. So go and links in the show notes and you can go get your tickets today before they run out. By the way, we may sell out these too. We have a lot more, but still we will at some point, I think, sell out. Lastly, we have a class. We're going to be in June, June, no, sorry, July. That's right. We're going to be in July. We're going to be 25th, 26th, no, July 25th. Yeah, 25th, 26th. In Reno at PLA's headquarters, we're teaching a last business masterclass. All things about business, marketing, social media, pricing, and so forth. Us and along with PLA's team is going to be teaching that. So you don't want to miss it. Go to show notes and sign up today. All right. Now, that's all I have for announcements. So let's get into our episode where Nicole sits down and actually interviews us. I'm excited because I feel like I've been chatting with you both back and forth for a couple of years now. And we actually get to, like we said, air quotes, virtually meet. And yeah. I'm excited to hear all about your story and how you got to where you are today. So you've got the floor. You got the floor. I, I think what we should first, one of the things we've learned over the years is, and you got to remember that most people don't know who we are. Even though we've been doing this for over five years in our podcast and we get all these listeners and we do speaking everywhere. Most people I walk in, I meet people go, they go, who are you? I'm like, oh, wow, great. So just real quick, I'll do a, a quick overview. My name's Paul. And I'm Tess. Yeah. Tessany. And Tessany, or also known as Puss and Tall. Puss and Tall. Yeah, yeah Puss or and Puss and Crawl. Where's Crawl from? That's cool. Oh, okay. Puss Anyhow, that said, <laughs> we've been in the industry for 18 plus years now. We've really been around and seen it all, done it all, tried it all. Specifically the lash industry. The lash industry. And Tustin has been in the beauty industry since 93, I think, is when you got yeah, your esthetician right. license. So she's done lots of different things, background makeup, plastic surgeons, all that fun stuff. I worked in the film industry before that. And then we basically came together to open her space back in 2006, which was called Integrity. Just called Integrity Skin at the time. Eventually evolved into Integrity Lash. Because back in 2006, no one knew what lashes were. That was like, you mentioned... Well, you had she had to give them away. They'd be like, for free. what is it like strip lashes? I'm like, no, no, it's this thing. You know, they'd be like, what? It's confusing. So she had to give basically lashes away for free just to get them in to try them. And then eventually she got so busy with lashes, the skin part really died out and she became integrity lash. And we hired staff and we were super busy, won tons of awards and the highest rated salon in Southern California over the years. And in 2019, we closed the salon after 13 years of running Integrity Lash and really made a huge pivot. And at that point, we decided to move into the world of 
events, training and speaking and podcasting and all that. Actually, 2018 is when we started. Pivoting. I mean, I still do lashes every day and probably will always do that because I enjoy it so much, but we added another component to the business. Yeah. And that's when we started a podcast called Lashcast. 2018 and we just hit 300 episodes. So and the- congrats really about helping lash artists. Basically, we work alone in a room. And the newest addition to the beauty industry, I mean, hair and nails have been around for a long time. And there's a lot of resources for those professionals, but not so much for for lashes. And that's what we, we started to do is just give away our best practices and talk about leadership and management and how just to do basic business. Yeah, because back in 2017, we were running our salon, things were going on. And I was a big listener those days of Gary V and what he was doing. And Gary V was always encouraging people to produce content, right? He's just like, get out there, make content. And I and I remember telling Tuss as I, and this is after I 2014, I really became a big podcast listener because we're strong. Back in those days, our salon was struggling. 2013, we really need to refigure out how to build a salon correctly. And so I listened to a lot of great business people, podcasts, reading books, hiring a coaching company called Strategies. We turned the company around and did really well. And then we started thinking, well, what? How can we help others in our industry? Because everyone works solo for the most part, and even the salons that are teams. Most of their team works solo and the salon owner just manages that and often poorly because they don't know what they're doing because they never worked in the salon before. They just were solo and decided to start hiring people and they got busy. So there's a lot of lot of people struggling. And so in 2017, we were like, man, we should with Gary V's like in my head, like you should make content. Let's go make content. And so that's when we decided, let's go ahead and let's get a podcast together. Let's do that. There only been one podcast at that time. I think it was called Lash Attic Radio. And it was only on for, I think like seven or eight episodes. And so then she was very sporadic. And I was like, well, there's a lot of opportunity. No one's doing podcasting at this point. No one's even thinking about it. So why don't we go in that space? So we recorded in the fall of 2017 and then had a, whole mishap with our audio engineer who basically wouldn't give us the audio for like three months we recorded in october and finally in january he gave me the recording and i can't i don't even remember why i just think he was incompetent <laughs> he was like you want it yeah yeah i'll get to you and you know i called no i'll get to you tomorrow i'll get you and literally months go by finally in october i get it and we finally launch it and we think it's gonna be a big deal right yeah everyone's gonna want to listen to our podcast and literally, I think 10, 15 people listened to it on the day we launched. Thanks, mom. Yeah, it was mom. It was me 18 times. And then Tuss, probably a couple. So really, at the end, no one was listening. And the first year, we only had 35,000 plays for the whole year. For us, we were excited. That seemed like 35,000 more than we thought we'd ever get. Because who? why listen to us? We're just a podcast that, about lashes, which at that point... Very obscure. Yeah, very obscure, very niche. Very Not a lot arcane. of people. Yeah, so that's thankfully grown now. We get about t- anywhere from 10, 20 to 30,000 plays in a week now. So Amazing. for us to get that in a year, and now to put in perspective after five plus years, it shows you what persistency and just sticking with it and working at it over time. So anyhow, back in 2018, we launched that with this idea that we're now going to become a media company while running a salon. And then the salon ended. You're just laughing. What? You just made up a new word. What word I make? Persistency. Oh. It's a combination it's, of persistency. Yeah. Persistency. Yeah. Yes. yes, the word persistency. I think it's the time and age where 
we need more words to choose we from. do a vocabulary continues to shrink it seems like so really odd i, I was wondering like what's so funny what did i do but at you yeah yeah and yeah so we basically closed the slide 2019 long story you go listen to our podcast we want to hear the sob story of what happened in the crash that happened there the big takeaway is know your labor law and understand it and keep good records and hire the best attorney you can hire and we didn't keep good records. We didn't know labor law and we hired the cheapest lawyer. <laughs> you know how they say it doesn't, it is not worth it to pay less. It is so true. Yeah. We didn't <laughs> practice we what didn't we preach. That, so probably because lawyers are crazy expensive. And we're like, you know what? I don't want to spend $40,000, $50,000 in lawyer fees, but yeah, we probably should have. And it would have saved us a lot more money. But and, anyway, if you want all the tea, you can yeah. go listen to that. Uh, yeah. That's like Podcast. We'll put the links below too for this episode because it's also nice to hear that backstory as well. Like when people are touching base on conversations within a podcast, sometimes it's nice to be able, well, if you do want to click on this episode, we can forward you to that one for sure. Yeah. That- there's a lot, there's a lot of things that salon owners can do in terms of making sure that you're covering your butt, protecting yourself and doing the right thing for for your, your employees. And a lot of that is things that we didn't know. Like for example, just one little arcane rule is that we found out that the if you call the employee or even text them to tell them like when they can come in because the client canceled, the minute they pick up the phone, they're working and you have to pay them for that. You have to compensate that. And then if they're using their phone to communicate with you, you have to compensate them for that. I mean, we live in California, so it's the a little rules bit more are very, here, but yeah. there was a lot that most people are in non-compliance about and they don't even know it. So 83% of all businesses in California are out of compliance with labor law. 83%. So that's wow. California. If you leave a company, oh. you could always sue them. For example, here's <laughs> just another one is that even if you put it in the books that you have to take a break and the, and the employee does not go on the break, that's the employer's responsibility. Yeah. They have to actually make them. And so it's you, you have to have systems to make sure that you're protecting yourself and the employees. At least in California, I never always wondered about this. Like we'd be sitting in line at a grocery store and it'd be a long line. And all of a sudden the manager would walk and go, you go on break. And like, no, now. no, no, not now, because I'm about to get my groceries done. I have to wait for and go to another line. Don't do that. But now I know why, because that manager's like, if this person doesn't go on break, I actually have to pay a break penalty. And if I don't that, yeah. on top of that, and that piles up over years, I can be worth tens of thousands of dollars. These are easy. We got smart. We used a digital app called Deputy. And so basically, if the staff member did not take the break, they had to explain why. Explain why. And it became it put on them. So they acknowledged that. And then you have all the record keeping. So anyway, it might be a good episode to go listen to. Muskoka yeah. Beauty wants to thank everyone for listening to our podcast. And we're offering 15% off your first bottle of Lash and Brow Serum by Muskoka Beauty. Now, if you haven't heard or if you haven't tried or seen before and afters or even seen reviews, you're definitely going to want to head to muskoka.com and click onto our Lash Serum to actually read some of the reviews because this product is unbelievable. It will enhance your natural length and your brows as well, making them more full and absolutely gorgeous. So head over to muskoka.com and type in promo code Beauty Brand Podcast 15. Once again, that's Beauty Brand Podcast 15. Happy shopping and happy lashing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is a lot of, a lot of takeaways for salon owners, especially, or well, if you think 
be a salon owner listed because it may discourage you not to. Another, th- I was interviewing another lash company based out of the states, and I didn't know. I don't know if this is specific um, states themselves regarding having you can lash from home, and some don't allow you to lash from home as well. Here in Canada, you can lash anywhere and everywhere. It doesn't matter. Yeah, there's so many different things. It's so interesting to hear, even though we're in the same industry, how different it can be depending on your geographic location. Yeah, it's state by state in the United States. And most states require you to have a license. There are a few that do not. And then and most states do not allow you to work from home. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then then again, because of certain you and then, or if you do, you have to have like a separate entrance, a separate bathroom, and it has to be cut off from the house. So it has to be like a, its own place. And your area has to be zoned, zoned for, it. for it too. You can't just be in the residential and run a business. Hard. I mean, I think there's definitely some benefits to being able to work from home and have a business from home, a legitimate business from home, because it's less entry to bear, you know, barriers to entry for women trying to make a living for their family. Don't want to throw shame. I know some people just do it because that's their only way to get started. And I get it. Everyone has to start somewhere. You do what you have to do. You got to do what you got to do. And, but, and I think COVID for us taught us that it's like, no, just do what you got to do to survive. Cause government's not, and the government's not going to save you. The government has no interest in taking care of you. So don't worry, wait for the government, do what you got to do. And then, you know, with the goal, make it as legitimate as you can, as fast as you can, as you grow. Cause I don't think in the long term, your ceiling is much lower. If you're working at home, you just can't charge as much. You're not going to be able to make as much money working from home because it's not the same experience at like a really luxury boutique or a luxury. Even if you make it luxurious, there's a psychological limit to what you could charge. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I hear, I don't know Canada if prices are, if everyone charges less, I've had, it's been a while since I've heard about Canada prices, but we've been UK recent and Australia and both those places, everyone's like super cheap. Like, like they, oh, they, really? Oh, yeah. 40 quid Jeez. for um, a, a full set. What's a quid? You say quid now. What's a quid? Yeah, what's pound? That's pound? That, it's like okay. bucks. Okay. 40. Like when you say 20 bucks. So why don't they say pounds? Why do I say quid? It's just slang. Like we say Is 20 it? bucks. Oh, yeah. It's slang. <laughs> I hear with the cool kids. <laughs> She's like, I'm still on the outside wondering what's going on. So yeah, a new set for them, I think is like anywhere from 75 to a hundred pounds. And then fills are like 30, 40 pounds, something like that. Really, or quid, really you cheap. Can't say quid because you're not cool enough. I'm not cool at all. <laughs> well, that'd be like in the United States. I mean, pound, it, it would just, it's, I mean, here people are charging hundred to $200 for a new set and probably 50 to 150 for a fill. And it's just a little bit more and they envy us. <laughs> I've been told quite a bit. So I don't know, is it? What's it like up in uh, Canada? Yeah, so I'm so I own a brick and mortar location as well that we do. We're a full fledged spa, but our lashes, yeah, like even our fills are basically over a hundred for the most part, depending if they're like a classic hybrid or a volume. But yeah, around that hundred dollar mark for a fill, and then yeah. our new sets aren't quite at the two hundred, but they're like going to be there. But the way I say it as well is like. I feel like we're almost leaders within our community of, of raising our prices because this is a conversation that's great for the lash industry as well as the beauty industry of setting those standards of where the pricing should be, not being scared to raise your prices and kind of being that quality over quantity and setting that kind of luxurious standard for lashes within the industry. Because 
that's some people are like, well, I can go to this place and get them done for $40. I'm like, okay, well go to that place then. Cause you're going to come back and want the quality. Right. So maybe do you have some advice for our listeners on how to kind of have those conversations or how to kind of educate, educate yourself yeah. in order to do that? We have a lot of opinions on us. We actually just spoke this last weekend at a conference and talked about really how to attract the high-end clientele. And one of the mm-hmm. things we did pricing a little bit, and I think it's an important conversation because I think a lot of people are, are approaching it the wrong way. They're coming at it with this idea that I deserve more. Well, because, I've gotten all these trainings. Look at my certificates. Now, yeah, therefore, I can charge more. 20 times certified. All these things that clients don't care about, really, they care about what you can do in the room. So it doesn't matter how much you think you deserve, your client or your demand demand. is what determines your pricing, not you. And and by the way, some people, you have to realize what what we talked about in the talk was, what is your unique selling proposition? Like what makes you different from everyone else? Because once you know that, that's what you lean in. Unfortunately, too many people lean in on price. They just think, well, what makes me better is I'm cheaper than the person next door. And as long as you're playing that game, you're going to be always tempted to lower your prices and that to is, draw people that in. that is not a race that you want to win. You do not no. want to win the cheapest lashes. No. And like you said too, Paul, it's like getting those clientele that you want because you know that they're going to refer those clientele is they're going to be with like-minded people or their friend group are going to be very much the same. And there's actually a, excuse me, another book that I've been reading that talks about that. It's about getting those ideal clients in and what's making you different. That's gravitating those clients to come to you. And like you said, I don't even think to be honest, I've owned my spa for eight years and I don't think anyone's even asked me to see my certificates. Like they just don't. They don't care about those 20 times certified. Like, no, take that off your Instagram. No one yes, cares. Yes, That's exactly. That makes you unique. If you do the longest lasting lashes, the most bespoke designs or the most impactful lashes or whatever it is. That's what you need to feature on your Instagram, not the stupid 20 times certified. I, a friend of ours, I think he has like a thousand times certified as a joke it's on a his joke. page. It's like, oh, I was- it's uh, Maddie and um, Maddie and Elliot, Elliot from Light Heart Lash. Yeah. And there's a phrase people like to throw around called charge your worth, which is worthless as an idea. Because again, what if you you think your worth is nothing? It sounds empowering. It has the words like, oh, is it? Power? But so many people struggle with their self-value and say, well, I'm not worth anything. So if you think you're going to charge your worth, you're going to actually undervalue your pricing. So you have to look at your demand. The demand is everything. And here's the tip. That's really simple. What, let's just say right now you're charging 80 bucks for a fill and your books are full. Like you're 80% full, 80 to 90% full. If you're 89% full and you stay booked for three months and like you're not seeing this up and down, like, oh, I'm busy for weeks, dead for a week, busy, dead, but consistent 80, 90%, go ahead and raise your prices at least 10%. That's oh, I just, agree. That's the way you do it. And then, Plan on it every year. Just plan every year. I'm like, I'm like, yes, amen to all this because we just are going through the same thing with our spa. We raise our prices every year and we had a loyalty program because of COVID, right? We here in Canada, it was, we were locked down for probably almost twice as long as you guys in the States. And it was a struggle. Like we had to come up with loyalty program. Like we never did any of this before because we were booked all the time. But I think people were a little nervous and we couldn't do lashes for a long time too because they were limited to face services, right? So we brought in this loyalty program and now I'm having to get rid of the loyalty program because the demand, 
Like we are so busy that I'm like, I cannot offer this loyalty program anymore. And some people are giving me issues with it, but I'm like, I have to, I can't be giving a discount because we are so busy. And that is a true thing that I think people need to realize is exactly to your point of the demand, how many clients you can get in, making it that luxury treatment for them to go tell their friends and want to come in to experience it themselves. So, no, I was just going to say about loyalty, but go ahead and go ahead and say loyalty. loyalty program. We had a loyalty program for a, quite a while, actually. But when we got super busy at one point, I actually calculate how much money am I losing per month? And it was in the thousands. I think it was oh. like two, the $3,000 a month. I am throwing, not throwing away, but I am losing because people are redeeming their points. They get collect points and they come in and they pay for their appointments. And I was like, holy mackerel, $3,000? A month is because we were doing about $100,000 a month as a business. So for us, $3,000 over a year was $36,000 that I was losing, which is really totally eating away at our profit margin. So I just finally decided to cut it. And amazingly for us at that point, we had built such a loyal following and been doing this so long. Really, there's very little pushback. Yeah, there are a couple people here and there, but overall, people didn't come for the loyalty program. They came because we did the best lashes. We were the most high-end salon. It felt very warm. Our staff was very well trained. Everything was exceptional as far as customer service experience. So they, you know, losing some a few for them. And the, also our clientele at that point was a much higher end clientele. Hiring clientele aren't looking for deals. They don't like coupons. They don't like kickbacks. Oh, half they, the time they forget their card anyways. Like yeah. half my clients are like, oh, don't even bother giving me one. I'm going to pay anyway. So, yeah. and that's something that I find as a business owner, and I'm sure you did yourself, where it was like making that decision is a business decision, where it's like, this is a business decision. This isn't an emotional decision. Like we have to do this for the business to move forward. And I feel for entrepreneurs and business owners, it's one of those things of, okay, what is going to, bring us to that next level and thinking that way of the numbers, right? Sometimes you do have to sit with those numbers, like you said, of figuring out how much are we losing because of this program or offering we're doing for the clients when you know you're already doing such a great job that you don't want to discount yourself. Are you thinking about starting a podcast? I remember when we launched Beauty Behind the Brand, it was just an idea at first and I didn't know where to start or what platform to use or how to streamline everything. Buzzsprout has made our lives so much easier and I wanna share some free info about it. Save $20 on your second invoice with Buzzsprout and they will make your life so much easier. All you really need to do is upload, chat and interview your guests and Buzzsprout does the rest. Exactly. Well, what I wanted to give two tips to people Mm -hmm. who are interested in attracting a higher end clientele and getting to a place where they can charge more, two things. The first one is dress professionally. And we've heard this all before, but a lot of times, you know, you work alone in a room and you might get into, fall into the trap of thinking, well, they come for the lashes. They don't care what I look like. It is like, it's the first thing that people see and it sets the tone. Think about going to the Four Seasons. Like, do they dress in hoodies? Yeah. If you walked into the Four <laughs> Seasons and checked in, and they're behind the desk in hoodies with the hood on and pants that are falling and down. And beatboxing behind right. it. Going, or, or hey, what's cheap. up? Come to the Four yeah. Seasons. <laughs> Let's say you want to go buy a Louis Vuitton bag and you come in and they're in t shirts and tennis shoes. Flip flops. <laughs> you know, you'd be like, 
where's the staff or like Cartier. Go and look at those businesses. Just take a look online. Cartier uniform, Louis Vuitton uniform. It they're business, they're professional. Now you can, it doesn't have to be like a stodgy suit. Like if you look at Virgin Atlantic, they've got red suits. Or even if you look at, let's say, Agent Provocateur, it's a very, very high-end lingerie. They had a designer, Vivian Westwood, design their little pink outfits, and they're designed to show off the lingerie. I'm not saying that you can't have your own style. It could be rock and roll, but it can still be professional. It's classy, even though it's still rebellious and edgy. It can still look classy. Like wear clean dress shoes or just look professional. Don't show up in your sweats and your pajamas because you can, your clients aren't going to say anything about it, but there is, will be a limit into how much you can charge and how much they might be willing to refer their people to. And it's amazing how many people will say, my clients don't care. My clients don't care. Yes, they do care. They don't tell you. It's not like they're going to walk in and go, I wish you dressed nicer, but I just think (laughs) your feeling is lower. Like you Mm -hmm. just, okay, I'm okay making this. I, it's going to be harder for me to charge the most high-end prices when I show up looking in my homeless Let's chic yourself. outfit. Let's say the King of England or the, the late queen has an appointment in your place. Would you dress like how you dress? Yeah. You know, with your hair. Obama comes bun. in to get a haircut with you or something like that. Are no. You, are you going to look like that? Well, and that's such a great point because we've kind of switched a little bit. We have more like medi kind of services that we've brought in. And a lot of our nurse injectors wear scrubs, a black, but very tailored, nice. Actually, I'm wearing mine right now because I literally am at between work services right now. I think it's a great great. uniform. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those things where everyone's uniform then and and a name tag as well. So then people address you by your name. They remember your name to rebook with you as well. And I'm a visual person. If I see someone's name versus just saying it, I'm going to remember. And I was also saying to the girls as well is then they know who's the staff and who's the client in a busy spa location as well. And they notice a hike in their tips as well when that all happened. Just get a lab coat. That's what I, we put yes, our yeah. white or black. You can have the name emblazoned on, or if not, if you're on a budget, you don't have to, but it's like, it immediately raises up your professional profile, especially in their mind. And it will, you will see an impact to your tips. Another thing that we did for our name tags, I thought was really fun. We got this from Disneyland is we actually had our name tag in the city that we were from. And it could have been whatever, where you were born or where you identify from coming from now. And it was a great conversation starter. So people would see that, oh, you're from there. Oh, I'm from there. Or it, it just was a nice little information about yourself. One person, though. God, his <laughs> name was Cupertino. I'm from the city of Cupertino, which is where Apple Computers is from. They thought my name was Paul Cupertino. And they go, oh, so they left Paul the Cupertino. Review, yeah. Like, oh, Cupertino was so great at the front desk. <laughs> <laughs> not my last name it's actually my city because we had the name was bold and the city was very tiny underneath it so that was kind of just focused thing. on the cooper and another thing we found that helped increase tips is giving a little gift at the end of every appointment and not just saying all right you're done out the door but we actually gave everyone for our clients they always got sparkling water a little and bottle. it was a pellegrino and a glass bottle because we did an avatar on our, our ideal client and our de- ideal client does not like plastic. Yeah, <laughs> she no. does not like drinking out of a plastic cup or plastic bottle. So, so we yeah. gave her a Pellegrino, and then we also gave her, you know, just little spoolies, spoolies in a, a in a little in a chiffon, chiffon bag. bag, and it's just something and that sense of 
reciprocity. When you've given something to somebody, they feel a need to give something back. I mean, I see people want to charge for spoolie. Stop that. $2. I mean, really? Yeah, I know. Including the cost to be part of the treatment and make it special. Like you can put not only in that chiffon bag, you put the spoolies. You can also put um, bonus. Like if you want to give coupons or promotional items in there, a little chocolate, a mint or something like that. Something just as a little thing to them. You give them that you're going to see your tips go up too. Well, there was a study done on waitresses or waiters that gave mints and how many mints they gave at the end of like their meal started to see a trend on what percentage they got actually of their tip value at the yeah. end, yeah. which is interesting too. It, yeah. It's, it's the finishing touch on the kind of the cherry on top of that service. Yeah. When you're generous, they're going to be generous back. People like being given free stuff, even when it's as simple as a spoolie. But yeah, I just think that people don't realize in like a plot, a little chiffon bag where put a ribbon, tie a ribbon around it, change the colors for the holiday seasons, like red during Christmas or new or green during Christmas and red during like Valentine's Day. And I think these are the little touches, by the way, that allow you to charge more mm-hmm. whenever we raise our prices too, we always try to do one small upgrade in the customer service experience. So yeah. just make the experience a little bit better. So just because I always want to say that they would see the instant value to why why we were raising prices wasn't just us because we're greedy capitalists, but because we really were trying to serve our clients more. So when we raised our prices, I think that's one time we added water. We had signage put in the front, like a welcome sign with all the guests' names on it. So when they first oh, walked, oh, cool, yeah, would be their first name and last initial because obviously not everyone wants their full name out in the public display. So it was just little things like this that we would do every time, and that way it kind of helped to justify why we, we were had charging a more. Hot towel in the beginning, yeah. When you when you first set first down, walked in, we yeah. Offer a, a warm towel. Oh yeah, it's the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. A towel cabbie and at the front desk. You can even buy pre-wrapped ones from Amazon that are already moistened, and it's just a very thin terry cloth disposable. It's not plastic, and you just give them this warm towel, and they come in. They're like, "Oh my gosh, this is really fancy." Yeah, and so it's that us- next level, like you said, and something different that other places might not be offering as well, and that rememberable piece that they'll remember going into the service too. Yeah, I think those that's the key is trying to create memories. One of the things that Disney is really big on is not just a great customer experience, which all of us mm-hmm. want to do. But Disney says, no, we want to create memories. And why memories? Because that's what you share. That's what you like. You remember back when we went here and this happened? Yeah. I talked, we'll go into the full story about it, but I talked about still today an experience I had at Jiffy Lube, which is an oil change place here in the United States. And it was like, usually you think oil change, crappy service, low end, junk, bad I had the most amazing time at this Jiffy Lube. He's always talking about this Jiffy Lube story yeah. because it so exceeded his expectations oh, yeah. and it was surprising and it was thorough. Yeah. I mean, he's still talking about it to this day. Yeah. And that was like five years ago that happened. So I think that's when you create those type of moments. And by the way, a lot of people, I when I asked last year, I just goes, hey, so what are you doing to separate yourself or what makes you special? And they'll say, oh, well, I really connect with my clients. Uh, I really, they're my friends. I really care for them. And we're like, that's great. But that's what everybody does. Yeah. Okay. That makes you average, by the way. You know what? I have the best products. I have the best products and I'm very good with quality. I'm very good with that. 
we're like, yeah, that's great. That's great that you do that. But everybody else does that too. No one's saying they have bad products. No so one's like, I've got bad products and come to my salon. No one. So if you're doing what everyone else does, and this is the key, this says a Seth Godin thing that he talks about. If you're doing what everyone else does, you're average. And you just have to admit that it's okay to be average, but to think you're like exceptional is, is kind of denying is being in self-denial. You're kind of like that person that goes on American Idol and they go on to sing and they're horrible because their family and friends all their life has lied to them, said, you're an amazing singer. And they go on and go like, listen to me and like this. And you're like, no, my gosh, you're horrible. No one told you. Well, this is probably what a lot of you run your business. No one's telling you that you're average or maybe below average because everyone likes you. They want to be your friend. They don't want to discourage you. So it takes a little bit of self-realization to really be honest with yourself and say, wow, I guess I am just doing what everyone else does. And that's when you can begin to do something different. So here's a little tip. What you should do is make a list of all your touch points. What the client, when they interact with your salon, that's yeah. a touch point. For example, when they go to your website, that's a touch point. When they park, when they're walking in the hallway to your business, that's the touch point. Going to the restroom, the ladies' room, that's that's a touch going, point. When they're greeted at the front desk, answer the phone, with go to your Instagram, go into a break or go into your treatment room. All these things are touch points. There's probably like 40, 50, 60 of them. When they call you, just go straight to voicemail or can they only reach you by texts? That's a touch point. Yeah. So what you want to do is make a list of all your touch points. And I don't know if you want to make that list. Yeah, no, that's too much. So um, (laughs) make a list of all that. Nothing is too small to put in there. And then you're going to rate yourself from one to five. One is really bad. Five is really good. And if you need some help, ask your clients, ask your family and And tell them, please tell me. Be brutally honest. Brutally honest, because this is the only way that I can grow. And anywhere that you've received a low score, you're going to say, how can I improve that? Maybe it's as simple as, okay, if I'm not answering the call, how can I make sure that I'm answering a call? Do I need to get a service or do I need to get a front desk? Do I need to just change the way that I answer the phone call instead of being like, this is integrity lash. How can I help you? We changed the way that we answered the we phone. We answered it by saying, hi, this is Paul from integrity lash. May I have your name? And they will always say, my name is Jan. And I'll go, hi, Jan. How can I help you? Just a oh, really I like that. Yeah. You really get their name. People love their name being and said. You keep saying yeah. it yeah. over and over. Yes, Jan, that's great. People love that. Then you think about like, okay, if there's this long walk to the front, does it look nice? I mean, if there's anything that you can do to improve that, improve it. It's funny you were talking about parking too. Today I actually just talked to another business owner across the street from us to see if we could use his parking lot to move our staff because we had like 11 staff vehicles taking up client parking. And I'm like, can I use, and he's like, yes, because it's going to make me look busy. Because I just thought, I'm like, I'll pay like a monthly fee to him or something. He's like, no, no, no. So, because I was thinking about the client experience. There you go. Your point about parking, for example. That's huge. Yeah. And you might think, well, I share a restroom with somebody else or the building and I can't do anything. Of course you can. We shared a bathroom and it was like like really 20 other businesses. So we just went in there. We bought some fake flowers. We bought some art. We put it on the wall and we changed things. We upgraded the towels. We actually had cloth towels in a basket and we had feminine supplies and hairspray and, you know, stuff like that. Or do we have hairspray? No, we had, we had toilet spray. But uh, yeah, poop spray. Poop spray. This is a mall, like indoor mall, small indoor mall that's public, right? So yeah, we were buying pads and tampons for the rest of this building, but they loved it. And we had a little sign that said, courtesy, courtesy of Integrity Lash. Lash. Yeah. So it's oh, nice. No one's going to complain about that. 
So you can take responsibility and be like, I can make this better. People are not going to complain if you make something better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing is if you want to, that again, you want to charge more, you're going to have to do more. You cannot come in. What's the minimum amount I can do? And so I can charge more. You have to create all these little upgrades, little things, little touches. And by the way, you can't do all in one day. Give yourself a year. All in time. All in time. Patient, do like one a month, maybe, or one every couple months, so that way you don't kill yourself off. And then eventually, over time, you'll have this amazing setup that you'll be super excited about, and you'll be very proud, and you'll be different than everyone else. Your demand will go up, which will allow once a year to raise your prices. And even when you raise your prices, no one will care because they'll be like, "We get so much value; it's okay." Oh my gosh, so many takeaways in this episode. I'm even learning things. So this has been an amazing episode. Just hearing from both of you on totally. Like whether it's like talking about pricing and your story and how to make yourself different within the industry, like niching it down to lashes. And we'll put all your show notes and everything below as well for this episode. And obviously your podcast too. Big shout out to you guys on that. So podcast, you'll get a lot more of it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So congratulations on all your success and we'll be in touch again to do more business together. Hey guys, that's a wrap. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at the Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review on behalf of my Lash Poppy Tusney, as well as our, well, we were her special guests, but as well as our guest, Nicole, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.